This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest Water Security Agency runoff outlook. No expectation of any flooding at this date. Runoff in the south will be below normal to about normal. The Saskatchewan stock growers talk about five important resolutions that are drought related. And we have a feature interview with President Kelsey Elford. We also look at several rye reports and we have the feeder cattle market update the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour this is saskatchewan agriculture today with 620 ckrm agri-news director jim smalley this portion of saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by johnson's grain helping growers contract any type of grain call 1-800-324-7778 The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association has passed several important drought-related resolutions at the semi-annual meeting this month. President Kelsey Elford says the stock growers is asking the federal and provincial governments to dedicate research to breeding non-dwarf crop varieties. Well, Jim, over the last 20 years um, on the farm side, straw hasn't been been taken into consideration as a value. Um, And on the crop side, it it has been a bit of a detriment, but on the livestock side, you know, a taller stem variety, especially in drought conditions, you know, there is some, a little bit of nutritional value. And when, when you're feeding livestock, they don't have to be eating straight hay all the time. And so we can use straw as a filler and, and put additive, additives to it to get through the wintertime uh, at, a, at a lower cost. And so and a plant with a higher a taller straw variety is is critical for the livestock sector. So, you know, research uh, in that direction would really help our end of the industry. On another resolution, you want a satellite-based forage insurance program. Why satellite-based forage insurance program? You know, the technology that is out there to to gauge plant growth from satellites and, and put an accurate picture of what's happening in the area is absolutely amazing i've uh, i've seen some of the data myself and you can take a snapshot of what's going on around your your place and what your say a six mile radius of what's going on and that gives an accurate template as to how those payments need to be made to the people that are enrolled in the program it's not limited to just your operation and so you know when it comes to to rainfall or forage or you know, different grazing practices, everybody's is, is going to look different. And so to have a tool that, that will zone in and, and give a, an aerial type view of what's actually going on is a critical tool for, for putting a value on, on what the performance actually was in the area that year. So it helps with uh, forage insurance programs. Now, I also uh, understand one of the resolutions talks about improving livestock price insurance programs to have a cost-sharing agreement with governments, just like crop insurance. Outline that, the reasons for that. 
Well, it's a program that, that we are very glad is in place, and I encourage everyone to to utilize it. Um, you know, the numbers that are coming out right now are very positive. Now, the resolution speaks to the fact that in crop insurance on the on the farm side, there's a cost share from uh, provincial and, and federal government, and we're asking for the same thing to be applied on the livestock side. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a livestock producer or a annual cropper that you get the same benefit from, from crop insurance on one side or the other. That's, that's what we're asking for, Jim. On another resolution, you want grid power to be included in the eligible expenses for farm water management development on the farm. Uh, yeah, we've, you know, over the course of the last year dealing with this drought, our membership has, has come forward and said, you know, this is something we would like to see. Of course, there's, there's always a concern that people will just bring power out there and develop a yard. And, and if, if there's a clause in there that, you know, no development can happen for a period of time, if that's the direction the government would be willing to change the program. But what it's about is, is long-term drought solutions. In some of these areas, solar power isn't going to be enough to bring the water to the surface. It's not going to be enough to, to pump the water down shallow pipelines. It's not going to be enough to bring the water from a, a deep well source, which will take, you know, a, a semi-arid area that, that is dried up and maybe has real good grass, but they just don't have adequate water. And so this would be a tool for producers to use to drought-proof their ranch for years to come. Kelsey Alford is the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Coming up, he outlines more of the stock grower resolutions approved at last week's semi-annual meeting. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association has passed several important drought-related resolutions at last week's semi-annual meeting. President Kelsey Alford says one resolution calls on the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to speed up the registration process of livestock feed ingredients being imported from the United States. Working with CFIA over the years on some of these things on the livestock side where uh, product has been approved in the states and we can't get it in in canada or or vice versa or feed additives that are approved just across the line we'd like to see just a level playing field on if 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 they can access those products we should be able to as well and it shouldn't be a a lengthy process taking years to go through we should be able to do this very quickly and right now it's needed you know if we're going to take poor quality feed and put additives that are needed to keep the livestock healthy and they have access to that across the line we should have access to it here another resolution you call for modernization of surface rights compensation and acquisition act and also you want more freer hunting of wolves when it comes to the surface rights you know it's a lot of those oil wells and, and gas wells that were drilled a long time ago and the process of taking them out of production or taking care of them after the fact that hasn't been reviewed for a very long time, and it's ultimately the, the landowner that, that ends up dealing with those issues if, if the oil company or whoever's responsible for that well isn't doing it well. And so to review that process and make it more modern is going to be key. And as far as, you know, the wolves go, like they're, uh, they're obviously a predator for us. And if you're just 
given permission to hunt on, on a person's property, you don't actually have permission to shoot a wolf if you see it causing problems. Only the landowner or a licensed trapper has the ability to do that at this point. We would like to see it that if if you're hunting at all in those areas that wolves are a problem, if one presents itself, that you have the ability to hunt that animal as well. And there's significant financial loss when it comes to uh, predation costs in this in this province. Uh, and we do have a program through crop insurance, but you know to maintain a respectable number of wolves. You know, so they're not overrunning and, and being a problem is important. Kelsey Elford is the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, Kara Ustraros here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Megan Van Kosky, who is a field crop entomologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Now, another one you looked at when we think hot and dry on the prairies, we unfortunately typically think grasshoppers. Uh, grasshoppers do eat canola as well. It's not we t- we typically think of just it being on wheat, but I mean, if anyone's seen grasshoppers, they do really like that canola. So, uh, what what are we looking at there? Grasshoppers really, really respond very well to hot and dry conditions. We see that in a sink. This is a species that does only have one generation per year again, but we know from a multitude of research across the prairies by a number of different people that in hot, dry years, grasshoppers develop faster, so they start laying eggs earlier, and over the course of a couple of years of hot and dry conditions, grasshopper outbreaks can build up very quickly. If it's dry, they're looking for water, and canola is very nice and juicy. So yes, um, over the course of a few years of hot and dry conditions, we might see a buildup in grasshopper populations leading to quite widespread regional outbreaks. We're still at that patchy outbreak level, but we're trending towards a more regional outbreak with those conditions. Now the regional outbreak, that's looking uh, just in your specific region or where? When I'm talking regional, in this case, I'm really talking prairie-wide. So yeah. Right now it's quite patchy, so we might have an outbreak around Weyburn or around Lethbridge, for example. But over time we would be building up to that potentiality of having something that's a lot more widespread across the prairie growing region. Now when you look at maps year to year, I mean like last year I know there was all sorts of predictions on grasshoppers that looked like there could be outbreaks and there there was. So when you look at this year and you say outbreak in comparison to last year, how, how does that look? Um, well, I think our grasshopper populations were quite healthy across most of the prairies when we did our annual survey this year. So I think we're seeing more and more area at risk of outbreak densities going into next year. But I think it's important to keep in mind that early season growing conditions can have a huge impact on what actually happens. So if we end up with a really cool wet spring in 2022, um, 
which would be great for the water table, um, that could actually be terrible for grasshoppers. And then we might not have that outbreak happen. So this is where scouting is really important. It's just, it's very, very valuable to get out in the field and look for the young grasshoppers as they start to emerge. And it's easiest to control grasshoppers when they're young as compared to when they're older. Absolutely. Okay, and the other ones you highlighted were pollen beetle and swede midge. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, just uh, just briefly. These are both insects that we do not currently have established on the prairies. They're not pests here, but they are present in other parts of Canada in the east, and we are always on watch for these as invasive species because they could be quite devastating for canola production. Um, Swede midge especially do not respond well to drought conditions or to really hot conditions, which is a great news story for the prairies that they're based on our models and what we know about their biology. The regions where we expect Swede midge to do well are quite limited in the current growing conditions based on that 30-year average, but if things get hotter and drier, that pest potential pest area really drops to nothing, um, which is a very good news story um, because Swede midge have been just devastating to canola production um, out east. Okay, so the second invasive insect that uh, we could see affecting canola if it becomes established in Western Canada is the pollen beetle, and in the current climate, based on that 30-year average, uh, there's quite a there's actually quite a large portion of the prairies that could experience damage from pollen beetle infestation. But in a hotter and drier um, climate, um, over a couple of years of drought, we actually see their uh, their region shift northward um, to stay where it's a little bit cooler and wetter. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high forecast, minus 1. 60% chance of rain showers overnight, risk of freezing rain after midnight, the low minus 4. Thursday, mainly cloudy, wind northwest 50, gusting to 70. The high tomorrow, plus 2, 40% chance of evening rain showers or flurries. The low, minus 15. Friday, partly cloudy, the high, minus 12, the low, minus 17. Saturday, sunny, the high, minus 4, 60% chance of evening flurries, the low, minus 15. Sunday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high, minus 3, the low, minus 12. Monday, cloudy, the high, minus 5, 40% chance of evening flurries, the low, minus 12. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, and a high forecast, minus 11. Normal high for this date is minus 8. The normal low is minus 20. The sun rose at 821 this morning. It sets at 604 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at plus 4. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, minus 24. Estevan is minus 4. Saskatoon, minus 3. Swift Current, 0. Weyburn, minus 4. Yorkton is minus 10. In Regina, with not a cloud in the sky, 
It's minus 5. That's 22 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southwest at 5. Humidity is 91%. The barometric pressure is rising 102.0. Partly cloudy and moose jaw minus 1. Winds are from the west at 11. Once again, Regina, clear skies, minus 5. That's 22 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Much of the southern Saskatchewan grain belt has a forecast for below normal spring runoff. Water Security Agency Communications Manager Sean Osmar says the latest outlook indicates the southwest with well below runoff, while Moose Jaw, Regina, Weyburn and Indian Head will be near normal. So the outlook for southern Saskatchewan shows we're slightly below normal in most parts of the southern half of the province there. Uh, some pockets are, are at normal levels uh, and another pocket is, is still well below normal. Overall, this is an improvement from conditions that we saw from the freeze-up report in the fall that showed you know, the effects of the extended high temperatures and, and lack of precipitation for much of the southern province. From moving forward, conditions look to be pretty stable, so we can expect this to sort of stick around for us. But, you know, obviously, long-range forecasts can change, so we hope to see uh, a slight uptick in precipitation, particularly for uh, southwest. Give me a little bit of detail for the southern grain belt. Uh, how about the Regina area? Regina area, still in that slightly below normal, or near normal, I should say. So they're, they're about where they are. Overall, you know, the extremely dry conditions we saw in the fall, so, so the moisture in the soil is still not where, uh, where it would be normally. But we can expect these conditions to hold, and uh, we hope to see uh, additional rain in the, in the springtime here. Any flooding forecast yet? No flooding forecast. Uh, we see, particularly across part of the Meadow Lake from the border of Alberta all the way to Manitoba across, you know, around Meadow Lake, that central area. Uh, they're slightly above normal, but we're not foreseeing uh, flooding at this point. Uh, again, you know, these conditions can change. Then that can be affected by, you know, a, a significant increase in the amount of precipitation, as well as we see a rapid, uh, rapid melt that could change these conditions. And the outlook then for surface water supply, some concerns there? So still low. Um, it would be a concern at this point, particularly again in the southwest corner uh, where it's still well below normal. We continue to monitor it. We don't expect to see the demands on the province change much, but we will be able to meet those demands, whether it's through irrigation uh, or lake levels, river levels, particularly across the south. So in summary, the uh, runoff forecast? Runoff forecast right now shows below normal uh, conditions. Conditions have improved since the fall. We look forward to uh, our March update where we will take into effect the, uh, the alpine snowpack as well as uh, other weather data. And we hope to see a slight uptake or in, uh, increase in precipitation moving forward. Sean Osmar is the communications manager with the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Research conducted by the University of Saskatchewan and the Prairie Swine Centre suggests rye grain can be used as a replacement in swine rations for corn, wheat or barley. A high-yielding hybrid of rye developed in Germany is less susceptible to ergot, a mycotoxin that reduces the animal's intake and in some cases can even be fatal. University of Saskatchewan Assistant Professor Dr. Denise Beaulieu says as long as the energy content of the rations remains high, up to 40% rye is similar to the typical corn or wheat-barley-based diets. Now with these new varieties, we think the acreages will increase and there could be more available for animal feeding. And because we don't have to worry as much about the ergot, we really want to understand how it can be included in our diet. Rye is much smaller than other grain crops, but Bolio says it can provide an additional option. It is one more ingredient that we have available to use in our rations. We're trying to diversify our rations as much as possible so that we are less dependent upon the traditional grains, and we are a little bit more flexible with what we can use. Bolio says pigs will do fine with 40 to 50 percent rye grain in the diet, but those diets will have to be formulated maintaining a higher energy composition. The federal government says the United States has agreed to resume imports of potatoes from Prince Edward Island to Puerto Rico today. Resuming these exports is an important step in restoring U.S. market access for PEI potatoes. Exports were shut down earlier this winter because of potato wart, but mitigation efforts are underway in hopes to reopen the U.S. market to PEI potatoes. Sask Wheat says farmers are eligible to claim 67.93% of their wheat levy contributions as a qualifying expenditure on their federal tax return. In addition, farm corporations may also claim 48.97% of their levy as a qualifying expenditure towards the Saskatchewan Research and Development Tax Credit Program. The farm levy contributions enable Saskwheat to continue wheat research development. In the 2020-21 crop year, Saskwheat committed over $10 million to 50 projects. Prices for feeder cattle in Saskatchewan this past week were mixed. Lexi Hicks Maxa with the Livestock Development Branch with Saskatchewan Agriculture says the biggest increase for feeder steers was in the 600 to 700 pound weight category. Well, feeder steer prices were mixed across the reported weight categories for the week. Prices ranged anywhere from 248.83 per hundred weight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 181.88 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category. The biggest price increase was seen in the six to seven hundred pound weight category, with an increase of about one dollar and sixty-seven cents per hundred weight to average the week ounce at two oh seven eighty-six per hundred weight. The largest price decrease was seen in the nine hundred plus pound weight category, with a price decline of about three dollars and ninety-five cents per hundred weight to average the week off at one eighty-one eighty-eight per hundred weight. Meanwhile, the average weekly prices for Saskatchewan's feeder heifers saw price increases for the lighter weights, but price declines for the heavier weights over 600 pounds. Prices range from 202.88 per hundred weight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 165.04 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. 
The largest price increase reported was seen in the three to four hundred pound weight category, with an increase of about five dollars and twenty one cents per hundred weight to average the week off at two hundred two eighty eight per hundred weight. And the largest price decline was seen in the eight hundred plus pound weight category, with a decrease of three dollars and eighty one eighty four cents per hundred weight to finish the week off at one sixty five oh four per hundred weight. And what were the factors behind these price changes? Well, last week we did see a decrease in feed prices. However, it is looking like it was short-lived. As looking ahead to this current week, we are already seeing prices jump back up again. Another big thing we are monitoring is the impact that was felt from the truck blockade that happened at the Canada-U.S. border crossing in Coots, as this stopped many trucks from being able to cross into the U.S. to pick up DDGs, wheat, and barley. However, on a happier note, there has been a larger volume of corn entering the country, through train. So, what were marketings this past week? Well, Canfax reported a total of 15,349 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, which is up from the 14,589 head sold during the week ending January 28th, but lower than the 17,696 head marketed during the same week in 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Well, there were no prices available for the fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers for this week. However, when looking at the call cow market, the price of our D2 slaughter cow saw a price decrease of about $1.64 per hundredweight from the week ending January 28th to average ounce at $77.50 per hundredweight, while the price of the D3 slaughter cows also saw a price decrease of about $1.92 per hundredweight to average ounce at $67.50 Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly feeder cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham rose $1.18 at $551.16. Canola gained $8.50 at $962.52. Flax fell again. Flax fell $88.57 at $1,094.63. Lentils dropped $18.73 at $848.77. Number one red spring wheat went down two dollars and fifty-eight cents at four thirty-six thirty. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three seventy-seven thirty-seven. Oats five hundred fifty-one dollars fifty-three cents. Yellow peas six hundred thirty-five dollars and eighty-nine cents. And feed wheat two sixty-one sixty-five. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat this morning rose eight cents at nine dollars forty-eight and a half cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. 
And now, the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 8th. Our last regular sale is on February 2nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.63 cents to $0.73. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.55 cents to $0.62. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $0.98 cents to $1.08. We had a catch-up pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. The sale was not on the schedule. The market on calves has improved this week. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.39. It sold up to $2.58. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.36. It sold up to $2.50. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.29. It sold up to $2.39. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.17. It sold up to $2.28. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.10. It sold up to $2.19. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.00 and sold up to $2.14. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.93 and sold it to $1.99. Heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500 pound grasser steers at $2.50 a pound, a group of 550 pound black steers at $2.39 a pound, a load of 600 pound black steers at $2.28 a pound, a load of 650 pound black steers at $2.17 a pound, a load of 700 pound black steers at $2.08 a pound, a load of 780-pound Angus steers at $1.95 a pound, and a group of 880-pound Angus steers at $1.89 a pound. We had reputation Angus steers from the Boris Ranch. They had a load of 690-pound steers at $2.14 a pound, and a load of 780-pound steers at $1.99 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan when pork prices for today, both Brandon Moose Jaw plants, $197.66 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan government says merchandise exports reached a record high of $37 billion last year, a jump of 24.7% compared to 2020. The previous record was $35.3 billion set in 2014. Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says Saskatchewan is providing the food, fuel and fertilizer for growing world needs. Farm and food products made up the largest share of 2021 exports, valued at $17.3 billion, a jump of 6.8% over 2020. Metal and non-metallic mineral products jumped 312%, energy products up 73%, and forestry rose 60%. The province is operating eight international trade offices to expand export sales in China, India, Japan, Mexico, Singapore, the UK, United Arab Emirates, and Vietnam. On the markets today, the TSX is up 229 points to 21,606. The Dow has risen 238 points to 35,701. Oil is up 10 cents to 89.46 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 21 hundredths of a cent at 78.86 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. 
That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.